welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Nigel Desmond. Heavenly Father, we, I thank you for what you are doing. I thank you for your presence amongst us, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are working in our city. That a new way of faith, of hope, of love, Revival is sweeping across Cape Town and the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I want to tell you, I'm just so excited. I'm so encouraged by what God is doing. Um, God's been speaking over the last couple of um, weeks and months just about a, a shift. And the, um, about, I'd say about four or five people had more or less the same word about a new season, a new page, a new door, um, a, a new way of doing things just, uh, just this morning. And so I want to encourage you to actually get expectant in your spirit for the most exciting time of your life coming up now. Um, of course, sometimes excitement um, is another word for scary. So recognize it when it comes. <laughs> When you feel like, ah, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. Know that the Lord's releasing some excitement into your life. And there's nothing more exciting than, than sharing your faith. So we've been doing a series on just sharing the gospel. Um, and sharing the gospel with the world. You know, we are called as Christians to give a reason for the hope that we hold. We're living in a time where... The world desperately needs hope. The world desperately uh, uh, needs hope. So many people are discouraged, demoralized, um, depressed, and discouraged in uh, in our world. And yet, you and I, if we know Christ, if you know Jesus, you have found a hope that even in hard times carries you through. That, 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 it's not that we deny that we have hard times. We go through difficult times. But we have an anchor in that hard time that carries us through. And because of that, there is a call on our lives to share that with others. Because everyone's going through the same stuff. It's just that God has given you hope to get through that stuff. Amen? And, uh, and strength. I, I was... Um, reading uh, when I was preparing this message, the first scripture about witnessing that came to my heart evidently was Acts 1 verse 8 and it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. I, I want to just speak over every one of you I believe that you are called to walk in God's power. I, 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 I want to tell you that God is looking for Christians who are willing to carry His presence and His power in such a way that you can make a difference in people's lives wherever you go. In your workplace, Theo just shared an amazing testimony with us. By praying for a woman in his uh, workplace, 
She was sick on Friday, we prayed for her. Within an hour, she was back at work singing, came back, uh, came back said, now I believe you are a man of God. She didn't get that revelation by his nifty dress sense. Am I right? It was because he prayed for her. And the interesting thing was, even though his workplace is a diverse workplace, when she got sick, they called a Christian. Because, because, you know, even in the Quran, the Quran, Isa, Isa, Jesus is in the Quran, and even the Muslims know that Jesus is the Eve. You called to carry power, but it's not just, it's, it, it's, you are called to carry power and His presence, but to be a witness. What does that mean? We just tell people what God has done in our lives. We tell people our experience. I was like this, and I encountered God, and this is the result. And so, I want to encourage every one of you to be preparing to have those kind of encounters by thinking over your story. Think over your story, because often, your story is the most powerful tool you have to share the love of Jesus around you in your life. And before I was saved, um, I, I was living a real reprobate life. And because of my reprobate uh, life, Christians irritated me. <laughs> let me. Let me just put it that way. I didn't like Christians because the light um, exposed what I was living in. And I desperately needed God not to be true. Ever, have any of you ever been like that? Perhaps. Maybe you know people like that. And so I would argue with every Christian I could find um, about the gospel. And because I've got a fairly sharp mind, I often did really well in those discussions and those uh, arguments. So one day I met a young man in our, uh, in our school. His name was Ketsubili Sitaboli. I'll never forget Sits. I went in to argue with him and debate, to debate with him about God and about Jesus and about Christianity. And he listened to all my arguments about Jesus and everything, and he said, Hmm, Nigel, I don't know, but let me tell you my story. And then he told me his testimony. 36 years later, I can tell you that story. Of how he encountered Jesus. Of the miracle power of God that he saw operating. And I was absolutely defenseless. I couldn't argue with it. I couldn't say that didn't happen to you. Because it did. I couldn't argue with him that he hadn't encountered something real. And so I ran out of his room, tried to run from God, but man, it was too late. It was too late. The hook was in. And Jesus started reeling me and I was literally like, I don't want Jesus. I don't want Jesus. Three months later, someone presented the gospel to me, and I surrendered my life to Jesus, and my life changed that way. I want to tell you, your story, no matter what it is, is powerful. Because it's a human story, it's a real story, and if you tell it with, with um, authenticity, you will change people's lives. And they may find the life and joy that you have. So you need to do it.
Okay, I'm just going to give you four points, and then we're going to have a series of testings. Okay? So, first thing I want to tell you, we're not called to argue, to debate, or break the world. That's not, that's not our role. Alright? Holy Spirit is the one that will convict people of their sin. You're not the Holy Spirit. Many Christians need this revelation. You are not the Holy Spirit. Okay? You carry the Holy Spirit. Your job is to love people. To carry a genuine love for people. Even those who hate you, or even hate Christ inside of you, you call to love them. Jesus, when he was dying on the cross, he said, he said, forgive them all, for they know not what they do. He prayed for those who were crucifying him. If he had that attitude, then we, we are called to do that too. So, the first thing, as you go out, remember, your agenda is love. Love people. Love people. Keep asking God, God, give me an opportunity, please, to love someone today. Maybe someone's in next to you in a coffee shop. Maybe it's, uh, it's someone in, uh, in your workplace. But, you know, for most of you, the place where you're going to be called to most effectively is what I call your Jerusalem. It's your friends and family and colleagues around your life. That's, that's the place where you, you're called to share the gospel most. Okay? The second point. See, I, I say the second point just to encourage you. Second point is know what you're going to share. When you have the opportunity to share your story, have practiced your story. Think about what your testimony is. What is it that God has done for you? I have a friend of mine. He's actually he's a very powerful uh, man of God. He's just he's he's a beautiful man. But he comes from quite an interesting background. He was a, a drug runner before he got saved. He, he used to fly drugs into the United States of, uh, of America. He was a hippie, a sort of hip, hippie, new age kind of guy. And he was an artist, a, a musician. And so he's actually written out for himself three different testimonies, um, depending on who he's speaking to. So, there's times when he will preach about being saved from a life of drugs. Because that will identify with the person he's uh, speaking to. It's all his testimony, but he doesn't, choose, he doesn't read the whole book to them. He just gives them the chapter that they need to hear. There's times when he'll share about being saved from New Age religion and false, uh, false religion and, uh, and false gods and demonic gods. And he shares about the fruit of that and the peace that he found in Jesus and salvation in Jesus. And then, you know, I can't remember the third one, but, but he, he, he's got these different testimonies. I want to encourage you to think through your testimony like that. So that you are able to sh uh, share your message effectively. Practice sharing a three-minute testimony. Just three minutes. Telling someone what God has done for you. Um, it's, it's a, you know, there's a saying that you can take a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. And... Uh, that's not true. How many of you know that that is not true? You can take a horse to water, 
pop a salt pellet under its tongue, he's going to drink. He's going to drink. If you are salt in the world and you put salt pellets under people's tongues, man, they're going to drink. And how do you put salt under people's tongues? Is you just show them something of the light of Christ in your life. Also practice a 10 minute testimony, a longer testimony, and maybe even a longer testimony. The third thing I want to encourage you to start doing. Um, I started doing this about a, about a month ago, and it's incredible how many opportunities God has given me since that time. I started praying, Lord, would you lead me to people who you are already working on? People who are already, already wanting to hear the gospel, etc. Who you're already speaking to. So, two weeks ago, Jess and I were uh, at the gym and I was praying this. And uh, a young woman walked towards me. I, saw, uh, I looked in her eyes and the Lord just gave me a prophetic word for her. So she sat down and I went to her and said, Excuse me, I know this is strange, but I'm a, I'm a pastor. And sometimes when I'm in a place, God will give me a prophetic word for someone. Would you be interested in hearing what I... What, what I believe God saved you. And she was like, yes. I shared the word and it landed. I said, I know that's a little bit strange. She said, you have no idea. I'll tell you how strange it is. A week ago, another guy came up to me and did, said the same thing and did the same thing. And I said, are you interested in spiritual things? She said, I wasn't, but now I am. Because in one week, two people, strangers, walked up to her and said the same thing and gave her the same word. And so I presented the gospel to her and she asked Christ into her life. I was like, Lord, it can't be that easy. And I want to encourage you, when Jesus said the fields are ripe unto harvest, he was not kidding or was not lying. Amen? The devil has just convinced us that people don't want Jesus. The reality is that's the main desire and heart cry of every human being. And finally, the last thing I want to encourage you is this. Guys, be bold. Be courageous. Be courageous. The, word, the, the biggest thing that you can possibly face is they're going to go, no thank you. That happened to me this week. I was in um, Hanson Lloyd. I had a prophetic word for a man and his daughter sitting at the table next to me. And I stopped this guy and I said, excuse me, my usual thing, I'm a pastor, I've got a word for you, da 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 da. We, and he looked at me and he just said, no, not now. What, what was it? No, no, not now. And he looked at me like I you know, was chewing gum on the bottom of his sheep. And I said, okay, okay. It did not kill me. But you know what? It, it's just another opportunity to step up and uh, to be bold. Uh, to be bold. So this morning, because we're speaking about test means, we've got a series of test means. And so the, the, first, the first testimony that we're going to do this morning, um, a couple of years ago, um, I met the most beautiful woman in the world. And I thought it would be great to have Miss Universe come and share her testimony. So, Debbie, would you come and share your testimony? God gave me a wonderful husband, obviously. Um, okay, so um, I'm just, I, I said to Nigel, I'll do the three minute test me. So for me, I grew up in a Christian home. We went to church every single Sunday. I went to 
to um, Sunday school. And um, the first um, thing that I, that I physically had that I gave my life to the Lord was when I was seven. I've got this car. This lady came and was a storyteller. And she heard her stories with this felt and everything. And I went up when I was seven, gave my life to the Lord, and I've got this little card. Um, anyway, I believed in God. I lived my life believing in God and carried on my life. And then I went to a new school in my high school and I got involved in the, in the SU there, the scripture union there. And you know, and most of my, my Christian life was around church, um, you know, activities. I like, I connected with God at sort of more like at church on a Sunday, once a week. Maybe if I went to another meeting, I did. And I believed in God. When I went, when I was there, I went to a Christian camp. Um, and there were these girls who um, were leading the camp. And I looked at them and I, I just saw that they had something that I did not have when I, when I was looking at them. They seemed to have some sort of intimate friendship with God that I didn't have. And when I had spent a little bit of time with them, I thought, I want that. There was something inside of me that said, like, there is more that I'm not experiencing of, of God, that I could have this intimate um, friendship with God that I didn't have. And so I can remember this one night, I went back to my room, and I was so compelled um, by what they had, and that there was something inside of me that said, I know I want this, I need this. I went back with this friend of mine, and told them, listen, I want, and so they prayed, um, and I made a recommitment, but just committed to God on, a, on another level. And from that time on, I now had a relationship with the Lord that was more than just Sunday, um, where I believed in God, but it was an everyday walking in this intimate friendship with God, where I got to, I, you know, it's like when you have a friend, you you want to know all about them and you spend time chatting. I was reading my Bible, I was praying, and I started developing an amazing friendship with God and found meaning and belonging. I suddenly found this is where I belong, this is what my life, this is what I was supposed to, this is what I was born for, to be connected and have an intimate friendship, to know that I'm fully loved and to know who I am fully. Um, and since that time, it's just that relationship's just got richer and fuller and has just, it's um, the meaning in my life and the joy of my life and to share that with my family and all those around me brings me great joy. Good job. So, um, we're going from Debs to Debs. No. Debs, yeah, come and share your testimony.
when I left school, I went into the fashion industry and I thought I'd arrive, this was my life. I was traveling around the world, I was doing shows all over the world, I was loving my life, I thought. Um, met interesting people, met famous people, and it was about a 15 year journey of just living that world. And then um, I actually used to get irritated by Christians. I met a couple on my way, you know, and I used to just like think, what is that? My, my husband's family, there were a lot of Christians in my, my husband's family when I met him. And they used to always pray together and stuff. And I used to think, what are they doing? Why are they praying? Why are they praying together, you know? Now it's like friends become the biggest part of my life. But um, to cut a long story short, my husband and I got married after I'd been traveling around the world and doing and we lived in New York for a while, we came back and we decided to get married, I had my daughter. Um, I had a fantastic pregnancy before I picked part I've forgotten. While I was a model and doing all the world I was doing, I um, got very involved in the New Age world. It was a very big part of my life because I was seeking God. I was seeking the supernatural, I was seeking God. And so I got involved with a group of people that were all into the New Age world and I got heavily involved in it. Um, and I kept thinking this was the way, you know, I found it, it was great, it was all fantastic. Got married, had my daughter, and as I felt pregnant with my daughter, I knew, like within like two weeks, it was like I was in a, a shop somewhere, and I remember feeling something entered my body, and I said to my friend, <coughs> I feel like something's entered my body. And I said to her, I think I'm pregnant. And it was literally the day after my urge was conceived, so, I had a brilliant pregnancy, it was easy, it was wonderful, I had an easy birth. Um, but before I, I was pregnant, sorry, I'm getting all muddled up here. Before I actually fell pregnant with my daughter, I was starting to think about the new age thing, I'm not sure about it anymore. And as I got pregnant with my daughter, I felt my spirit say to me, no more. Don't do anything while you're pregnant with your daughter. So I said, okay, fine. I stopped everything. Stopped going to meditation classes. Stopped doing all the stuff I was into. And um, had this great pregnancy. And as my daughter was born, the first night she came home, I thought I'm going to breastfeed her. And maybe I'll just get into like a little meditation with her. And, and I did. And as I went into that space of meditation, the way we used to do it in the New Age world, I felt this bolt of lightning hit me and hit me. It was actually my daughter jumped like this in my arms and I audibly heard the voice of God say, she's mine. And I was terrified. So I knew that there was a Lord that day, from that day onwards. And from that day onwards, my life just fell apart. Um, I remember I had a little tumor growing in my throat. I had to go and have it removed when my daughter was three months old. Was attached to my vagus nerve which is to do with your nervous system they actually sever that and i came back from that operation and my life just started to get worse and worse and worse i started to have panic attacks which went on for like three years i was just living in hell i didn't sleep for three years um, it was just the worst time of my life and um eventually one day i went out into the garden and i said god if you're real Please come and help me. I can't live like this anymore. I am. I feel like I'm going to die. I want to die. I don't want to live anymore. And within like a minute or two, I felt God obviously prompting me to phone my husband's um, aunt. And as I phoned her, I 
said, I really need Jesus, because she was such an amazing Christian, and she started to sob and sob. She said, I've been praying for you for so many years. This is such a delight. And she prayed for me, and my life started to change from that moment on. I can tell you it hasn't been an easy journey. It's been years of deliverance, years of learning things differently, years of learning how to pray, spend time with the Lord. I've met incredible Christian people on my journey, um, like you guys, and many more. And yeah, it's been a real, real journey, and it's been difficult, but it's been exceptional at the same time. So um, it's something I'm one day going to probably write a book about, because it's a long story. There's so much more I've still got to tell about it. But um, yeah. God is good. You know, the essential elements of the story tell your story, you know? Um, and there's a scripture in the Bible that says that we comfort others with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. And, you know, that's what that Debs and Debs just broke a bit of their life and just shared and worked with them. So, um, I'm going to end with, this is, the, uh, this is the, the last thing, is when, when I say we need to be ready um, to, to share our faith and to know the message, there's times when you will share your, your story, um, and that's going to give you the opportunity to share this story. These, uh, these stories. And I want to encourage each of you to practice and familiarize yourself with the gospel. The word gospel just means good news. And I, I want to I, I tell you that as a Christian, you are walking good news. Whether people recognize it or not, you are walking good news. When you walk in anywhere, you have the answer. Living inside of you to all the profoundest questions of life. So, this is a way of sharing that story. And uh, you just begin by looking at this image. Maybe you, you can get one of these cards and you can share with your friends. Hey, have you ever seen this image? Well, no. What is it? This is a picture of Jesus knocking at the door of your heart. You can see he's knocking on the door of your heart, but you may notice that the doorknob is on the inside of the door. That's because only you get to open that door. He, he's not going to force his way into your life. Let me ask you a question. Do you, do you pray? I'll tell you, most people pray. Even people uh, uh, non-Christians. Even possibly, uh, who was it who was talking about an atheist or spoken? Was it you? Yeah, uh, even that atheist lady. I bet she prays when she's stressed. Um, but but he said, do you pray? Most people say, yeah, yeah, I pray. Said, but you know, when we pray and we don't know God, it's a little bit like speaking to Jesus through the door. We know he's out there somewhere and he's speaking to God through the door, but we don't have him in our lives and it isn't a personal uh, a relationship. We're just speaking through the door and we kind of hope that he's there. And that's because there's something that is separating us from God, from Jesus. What would that be? I want you to imagine for a moment that you've got a backpack on your back. And in that backpack, perhaps, are all the things you've done wrong in your life. All the things you've 
you've, you've, uh, you've said wrong, you've done wrong, maybe the things you haven't done that you should have done, the things that make you fe uh, feel guilty. If you were wearing that backpack, how heavy would that be? For most of us, if we're honest, there's times when that feels extremely heavy and there's times when we forget about it, but most of us are aware of a burden on our back. That burden in our backpack represents the sin that separates us uh, from God. It's a debt that we, owe, that we owe to God. And so, imagine you were in debt. Say you owed the bank five million rands. I'm looking around, and some of you, you know, maybe that's not a huge sum of money for you. If that is you, could you please come and talk to the office? Um, and you couldn't pay five million, uh, million rands, but I walked up to you and I'm a millionaire. <clears throat> that's a declaration. And I, uh, I came up and I said, you owe the bank five million rands, not a problem. I pull out my checkbook, I write you a, and I write you a check. I said, go cash that on, uh, on Monday, you're gonna be fine. You look at me at first and you think I'm completely insane. But you go into the bank and you take your five million rand and give it to the cashier and say, this guy that I met gave me this check, will you, uh, will you see if it clears? Boom, clears. Your debt is gone. All of a sudden, your feelings towards me become quite warm. Perhaps I have become your best friend. I want to tell you, when Jesus died on the cross, he wrote out a check in his blood for the entire debt that every human being owes to him. There is nothing that can separate you from the, uh, from the love of God. Your sin, your debt that you owe, uh, owe God is clear. And so, if Jesus was standing here, right here, right, here, right now, and he's knocking on that door and saying, can I come in? Do you think you'd open the door? I would. And you would too. And then what, what I often say to people is that like, why don't you just ask God, Lord, if you're real, like David's is great, if you're real, would you just come into my life right now? I, I heard of a testimony just uh, two weeks ago of a young woman who didn't believe in God, but her, her relatives believed in God, and so she prayed a foolish prayer. She didn't want to believe in God. And she said, God, if you are real, I surrender my life to you right now. In praying that prayer, her heart changed. God said, well, I'm real. Boom. Your life is mine. And today she's in the ministry. That's the gospel. And then perhaps we, get, we just knock on the door and say, listen, is there anything right now that, that you, any reason you would not want to ask Jesus and your And give people the opportunity to respond to, uh, to the love of God. Because it's cool not to. It's like walking up to, uh, it's like, I remember at, at school, guys used to do this to me. They come in, hey, I know a girl who really likes you. And I'm like, really? <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was like a miracle at that time. And I was like, really? Who is she? And I can't tell you. Dude, that's not fair. <laughs> Once you've presented the gospel, give people the opportunity to ask Christ into their lives. Amen? And the same thing. And I'm going to do it with you this morning. Why don't you all close your eyes? You don't have to do this in a restaurant. 
close your eyes and, and, and just say, and perhaps, actually, I don't, you know, perhaps some of you want to recommit your life to Jesus today. Maybe you're just feeling a little bit far from God today. Maybe you need to give your, uh, your heart to Jesus. So let's close our eyes. And if you want to ask Christ into your life today, or recommit your life to Jesus, perhaps you've, you've been coming to church, but you know, actually, um, you're not actually that committed to Christ. You've just been going through the motions, but today you want to change that. If that's you, I'm going to ask you, why don't you put up your hand and say, you know what, Nigel, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Is there anyone here you want to do that? Maybe you want to recommit your life to the Lord. You used to serve God, and now you are wanting to get back on track with God. If that's you, just put up your hand right now and say, that's me, Pastor. I want to do that today. Anyone? Okay, let's all pray this, because it's good to practice it. Let's pray to Say, right now, Jesus, right now, Jesus. Forgive, me for my sins. forgive me for my sins. I open the door of my heart. I make you Lord of my life. Fill me with your spirit. You know what, guys, if you get the opportunity to pray that prayer with someone, you may have altered with the Lord their entire life. It's not the length of the prayer or the religiosity or the words. It's, it's that prayer is prayed from the heart. It will change it. Amen? We hope you have enjoyed this message from Nigel Desmond. For more information, please visit nigelanddebbie.org.